And now I'd like to bring our three speakers on board, Padre Paul, Monk Rene, and Monk George, who will be speaking tonight. Welcome. Thank you, Barbara Rose. Beautifully done tonight again. You just you did a magnificent job in this series. Thank you for your love and support of celebrating life. Thank you. It's an honor. And we have the other two monks here, Monk Renee and Monk George. Welcome, my co-fellow workers. <laughs> Thank you, Padre. Good evening. Are we happy? Yes. 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 Okay. Good answers. Good answers. God I want to good. propose a question right away. The Holy Spirit, <clears throat> as Barbara Rose was, of course, doing her beautiful prayers. And, and I know it just stirs your heart when I ask the question for each of you. <laughs> I'll start with George. So we'll give oh. Renee a little time to think about that. But what perception has changed in this series for you? Or what was a shift that you saw like, oh, my God, I see this maybe for the first time or experienced it for the first time? the accessibility of miracles just that they're all around and they're available just for the asking it it seemed like it was such a big thing like oh this is somebody walking from a wheelchair that's a that was a my mind of a miracle yeah. but breathing every day the the the, <laughs> the gift of us being able to gather here in yes. in presence is a miracle and it's a gift mm -hmm. So it really okay. changed my mindset of like, wow, there's so many miracles around I, I, everywhere, every day. We're looking for mm -hmm. them. When they yeah. show up, we're there. So instead of saying, mm -hmm. was that God? You know, was that real? Well, I understand mm -hmm. that. That's beautifully said, George. How about you, Monk Renee? I think for me, what really shifted was this anchoring in that all things are possible. Mm. It wasn't just out here, a concept, but for me, what really shifted was just taking that all in, that all things are possible. And something shifted with the community, those that are um, joining us. I felt like that sense of complete oneness, that we're all on this journey together. This We're all on the road with Jesus, and we're walking it together. Ram Das used to say, we're walking each other home. And I just had that sense that we're all together and we're walking with each other wow. on this road. That's beautiful. Beautifully said. You know, I was just I was reading. I have so many notes and I'm not even necessarily speaking tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share a little. <laughs> Yogananda once said to his disciples, disciples working around him were permitted to speak only when necessary. Silence, he said, is the altar of spirit. And I love that. That's just uh, so tangible in my world. I, you know, I live alone, but silence is still golden for me. Don't have to put on music. I don't have to have any chatter. Silence my mind. So it really does open me up to that new door called spirit that we're going to be hearing about tonight with our brother George. So, so why don't I open up this session with an opening prayer for all of you? And I want each of you to take personal responsibility for this prayer. What I mean by that is make it your own, made in the image as the divine spirit has each of us, because we are brothers and sisters. And it is in that light of God's presence that each of us can have a consuming fire burning within us, which I believe is happening right now in people's hearts. Mm -hmm. So we just welcome again, the Holy Spirit. We welcome Padre Ramroth as our spiritual shepherd, our spiritual companion, Padre Pio, St. Therese, for all the cloud of witnesses, I just say thank you, God. As each of them are now touching you, your heart, your atmosphere, your home, wherever you are at. And it's also about this relationship with my brothers, my sister, my Lord, my God, divine presence, whatever form that you love, let's put it that way, that's a consuming fire. So Holy Spirit, just light the flame tonight as George pours out the love of Christ within each one of us, that sparkle, that, that light that illuminates the darkness within us and our world. May George reflect that Christ consciousness tonight and each of you that it lights your temple, 
that it illuminates that all things are possible and let the miracles happen in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 So people, are you ready for a ride with George? He's going to take us on a journey tonight to this open door. So George, please present. All right. I am so grateful to Padre for this invitation and for this blessing. This co-creation of what we've all been creating together is just so beautiful and so powerful. As always, the ride is a, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> and God puts you through the, the ringer. This one was unlike any one that I've experienced before. It was very, very physical. Before both Renee's and before Padre's talk, I was physically, it was physically ill in my body. And I knew it was just what was coming through me to be cleared. And then since about an hour before this started, my hands have been tingling so much. I didn't know if I was going to be able to play the piano. I was like, okay, God, this is you because, and they're still right now. So it's whatever, what I keep being shown is that whatever's happening, it keeps shifting and I keep transitioning. My body is, is changing to what is coming through me. So I'm really, really grateful for this opportunity. And I'm going to share a little bit of my, my ride with you <laughs> tonight. So thank you all for being here. So the title of my my talk is the gift of an open door and it took so long for this to come in <laughs> god really <laughs> was testing my faith i think because in my faith faith ends up being one of the main main topics of this this conversation but it's just trusting in god's timing and knowing that whenever it's right it will drop in and that's that's the way it is and it has nothing to do with us and it sure has nothing to do with the mind so the gift of an open door a door is a way in and sometimes a way out. Sometimes a door is a way out of thinking, a way out of being, a way out of darkness, a way out of sickness. Even death is a doorway out. Last week when I shared about my sister Michelle, her death was definitely a doorway out, not only of this lifetime and of, out of her body, but a way out of pain, a way out of addiction, sickness, a dark life. It was definitely a doorway provided by God. And the door is also a way in a way into a deeper understanding of ourself, of our life, of what we came to do, a way into a deeper faith, and ultimately, a way into a deeper and more intimate relationship with the divine, with God, because that's really what we're looking for. It's really what is at the core of what our, our search. So most often, a door is a way, both a way in and a way out at the same time. And there's this reciprocal relationship that kept showing up through all of my exploration of this. And part of it is God doing his part. And part of it is our doing us doing our part. It's a two way door in and out. Right. So so I'm going to start with a modern day miracle. We've explored quite a few Bible miracles and we're going to touch on a few in the second half of this. But this is a miracle that happened in present time. And I thought it was really beautiful. This book came came by way of Miriam and Ryan. They brought it into our prayer group. And when I talked to Miriam, she said Jordana was the one who brought it to her. So God bless you, Jordana, because this book really, really touched my life. I usually have about five books going at one time. <laughs> I'm one of those. But this I read in about four days. I just devoured it. It is so beautiful. I highly recommend it. And so it's called Meditation Saved My Life. And it is by Pakya Rinpoche. And Rinpoche means precious. So his birth name was Yeshe Dorje. He's a Tibetan monk. He was born in 1966. And he was kind of a precocious little mischievous kid. He was not a little angel. Like he was not a, <laughs> a little monk when he, he came into his body. Um, but at the age of 13, he had this dream of the Maitreya Buddha and Jay Tsongkhapa, this, this famous monk. And he saw them in spirit, right? He saw them as energies. And they invited him and they said, come with us. And what they were really was inviting him to what his life was going to be as a monk. And so he went in, he told his grandmother, and he had never heard these names before because of there was a fear of retaliation. Tibet has been occupied and ruled over by China and the Chinese PLA since 1951. So this was about 10 years, 10, 10, 15 years before he was born. And what the Dalai Lama calls a calculated and systematic strategy aimed at the destruction of their national and cultural identities. So they're trying to squash this. And so these names were not even being spoken about. And so when he goes to his grandmother and says, I had this dream and it was Maitreya Buddha and Sankapa. And, and she was like, oh, she knew he was being called. And so he cuts his own hair 
and he dons these brown robes and he's like, I'm going to be a monk. And of course, in this time, this was not anything <laughs> like, right? This is not like, oh, cool. In this fear and the political and atmosphere, it wasn't something that was celebrated in a sense, let's say. So I'm going to really condense the story just to, to share with you this piece about his life. But so he goes on his path. And right before his 28th birthday, he's been living in a, a monastery called Sarame. And he's studying to be a Geshe La Rampa, which is what he says is like this 20-year divinity program, right? He's about to take his final exams, and the abbey calls him in. And the abbey is holding a, a letter from the Dalai Lama, right? And the Dalai Lama, and so the abbey's reading this letter, and it says, This man, Yeshe Dorje, which was his birth name, right? Born in this valley in Tibet, on this day, which was his birthday, to this woman, which was his mother, to this man, his father, and he says he is the eighth incarnation of Pakyab Rinpoche. So this is a master who was born, first born, first incarnated in the year 740 in central India. And so this Yeshe Dorje is the eighth incarnation. And this monastery had asked, asked the Dalai Lama, will you please find the incarnation of the Pakyab Rinpoche that is on the planet right now? And so that's what he does, right? And so the Abbey is, is reading this to him and, and, and he's listening and he says, well, he says, I really, really don't want to be the Rinpoche. <laughs> and so the Abbey says, well, he says, you're about to take your exams. Why don't you take your exams? Come back in a couple of weeks and we'll talk. So he takes his exam. He comes back in a couple of weeks and he says, he says, I really thought about this and I, that's, I'm that's, uh, very grateful, but I really don't want to be this Pakyab Rinpoche. <laughs> and so the Abbey says, he says, well, he says, you go tell the Dalai Lama, no. <laughs> and of course he doesn't say no, this is his life, right? This is what his path. And, and so he, he goes into this, this life and the Dalai Lama in 1997, he, he makes him abbot of this Ashi monastery, right? And these are the ones who had requested the Dalai Lama find our present incarnation. And so he's teaching there. About two years later, he's arrested, he's imprisoned, he's beaten, he's tortured, and he's there for about three months, and he manages to escape. In April of 2003, he's on his way to the U.S. Again, at the request of the Dalai Lama, he's going to go teach at the American Dharma Center in Kansas City at the request of uh, the Dalai Lama. So he, he comes to the United States for the first time. He has no money, he does not speak English, and all he has with him is this little bag of holy books, right? That's, that's it. So he lands in New York and he's gonna stay with a friend of his who's from, also from Tibet that, that's living in, in New York and he's gonna be there a couple of days before he goes on to Kansas. Kansas City. So he's about to get up off the plane. He's he goes to stand up and this pain goes down his leg that he cannot stand. It's literally, he's the last person off the plane. He hobbles off, doesn't speak, <laughs> doesn't speak English, has no way of even communicating. So finally he, he gets in touch with his friend, right? The friend comes to pick him up. The friend is living in Brooklyn, so they go on the subway. I mean, this guy's not driving, his friend. They go on the subway to get to Brooklyn. If you've ever been Brooklyn, and <laughs> it's a ways and it's a schlep, right? So he goes to this 180-square-foot apartment with 11 other refugees living in there and him and his friend. So his health continues to decline, and finally in May, he's admitted to Bellevue Hospital in New York. And he qualifies for this program of survivors of torture. And he has to be interviewed to qualify for this program, right? The woman interview him. So he tells in the book, this is the first time he has ever recounted the story of his, of his capture. So he's never even talked about it. And the woman who's interviewing him, she finds it strange that he's not sad, that there's not this emotion attached to his story. But he's a Buddhist, right? This is, this is not, he tells her, he feels sorry for his captors. They're the ones that need compassion. <laughs> it's fascinating. So he's diagnosed with gangrene in his ankle. And gangrene is a process in which cells die because they cannot regenerate due to a lack of blood circulation. So his bones in his ankle, they're fused. He has tuberculosis. He has diabetes. He has anemia. Every day they do this, this thing on his ankle where they take the scalpel it's like a scalpel spoon, and they dig into his ankle. He says this happened 20 minutes every day, 
and the title of the chapter was Cutting is Not Curing, but they would dig in trying to get air in and trying to get healthy cells into, into deep in to hopefully regenerate right, his ankle. They put him on antibiotics, they help a little bit, they, but it really, it really doesn't do anything. Interestingly enough, he thinks that Western medic medicine is going to cure him. He's never seen, he is, he is astounded by America. He talks about sleeping on the, the mattress in the hospital, that he never had a, a mattress like that. So this is just, he thinks, this is going to save me, right? So the doctors all, all do their, their, their tests and everything, and they tell him amputation or slow death. Those are his two options. And they make a consistency. Uh, other, other doctors come in. And they all say the same thing. And they say amputation at the knee. And if he waits any longer, he's going to be amputated up at the hip. And they actually send him to see people who have been amputated on the hip. I mean, like, they're really pressing on this. Like, this is what this is going to be. And they said, if not, you're going to suffer slow death. It's going to travel up and it's going to take you, right? He has this voice deep inside of him that says, no amputation. No amputation. In the face of what he's being told by these specialists, he has to have a translator for everything, but inside of him, he hears no amputation. And so eventually the doctors become upset, right? Because he won't concede to the amputation. He becomes disillusioned. And finally they put the, they put, they drop the hammer and they're like, either you get this amputation or you, you have to leave the program. And at this point, he's been in there about seven months, right? So they're not going to, they're not going to support him indefinitely. It, it, he has to choose either he's going to go their way or he's going to take the highway, right? <laughs> so in November, he, a friend of his is going to go to see the Dalai Lama and he sends a message to the Dalai Lama, right? And he says, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. This is where I am. And so five days later, he receives his response from the Dalai Lama. And this is a response from the Dalai Lama. Why do you seek healing outside of yourself? You have within you the wisdom that heals. And once healed, you will teach the world how to heal. He said these 25 words sealed his faith. And so basically he said, no, thank you. He left the hospital. And on Monday, December 1st, 2003, he goes to live with his friend Pima. And they share an apartment and he begins what is a three-year journey of healing. And this is what he writes. In Pema Dorje's bedroom, I fill seven copper bowls, which he had placed for me on a shelf with the water of ritual offerings. Having set up my minimal altar, I forget the hospital, the questions about my illness, and my future suddenly fades. My mind becomes absorbed in the present and in the presence of the Buddhas that I call upon. On the 1st of December, 2003, on the first floor at 265 Manhattan Avenue in Brooklyn, a little room becomes my meditation grotto. So what he does is he starts to look at his situation from a different perspective, right? And one of the first things that he says is he starts to consider that his illness was a blessing. He says, the illness is a blessing for the ordinary monk I am, the humble leek and an extraordinary lineage of awakened beings. It is an opportunity to purify an overflowing of negative karma that is ripening within me. So he sees this as a way to purify the karma that, and as he's in the hospital, he starts to see all the past incarnations of the Pakya Rinpoche, that he sees the seven before him, and one of them before him has this thing called elephant leg and the very same leg. So you see how the karma accumulates and how he came in with this, but he sets about to, to heal it to transform it. And he's already seen this illness as a door, as a way to change, as, to, as a way to see a new perspective, and as a way of healing to this miracle. And he says, the body does not heal thanks to the body. The body heals thanks to the mind. And he starts to remember what his meditation teachers have taught him, and this is what one of them said to him. Your hands, your arms, your eyes, your ears, your teeth, your bones, your flesh are not you. No more than your blood, your muscles, or your organs are the essence of who you are. Your physical body, as you see it, touch it, or feel it, is not your only body. Within the limits of your physical shape, there is an intangible conscious body linked with deep levels of your mind. Meditation consists in identifying these more and more subtle levels to understand who you really are and who you can become. 
And so he embarks on this program of meditation, sacred breath work. He, that one of his teachers taught him this thing called Sa Lung, which is a wind channel. And he brings in through the, the, the right and then out and bringing in light and, and expelling the darkness. He worked with the subtle bodies. He worked with the chakras. He details his day and his day is filled with prayer, chanting, meditation, prayer, chanting, meditation. His whole day is devoted to this. And there was something really beautiful, and this was very early on. He says, through prayer, I was united to all beings. So in almost in the beginning, he says, I started to pray for other people. So here he is with this illness where he's going to be supposedly going to be amputated or die. And what he chooses is to pray for others. He says, by meditating love and compassion, I developed the spontaneous feeling of being linked to all lives. As I continued, experiencing this link through the hardship of illness gave me renewed strength. So this, doing this brought him strength. And he says, and I found by dedicating myself to the well-being of others, the basis of my inner peace. It brought him peace. He says, retired for three years in solitary. I was alone and I was not alone. Through prayer, I was united to all beings. So three years later, completely healed. No crutches, no completely healed. And he has tuberculosis through this, which he's being treated for. So he keeps going back to the doctors, right? And the doctors are like, well, this really isn't miraculous. Uh, sometimes spontaneous healing <laughs> happens. And it was, it, was, it was interesting to him. He says, they can't even admit what they see, that a miracle literally happened right in front of their eyes. And so this is what he said for his final healing. He says, at the age of 37, I have not been spared the hardships of life. These hardships have been my guru. They have taught me that suffering is natural and it is part of the wheel of lives. We've been suffering since a time without beginning. Recognizing this suffering is the first noble truth that the Buddha founded his teaching on 2,500 years ago. It is not by avoiding suffering that we put an end to it. By understanding it and accepting it, we stop opposing it, and we have a chance of eliminating it for ourselves and for all beings. Accepted suffering is no longer painful. It becomes strength, a power that transforms. For three years, the fire of suffering burned very old karmas within me. In my purified heart, I welcomed the pain of human suffering, and I gave humanity as an offering all the light, all the bliss, that was being born within me. And he says, in brief, may I offer benefit and joy to all my mothers, both directly and indirectly. May I quietly take upon myself all hurts and pains of my mothers. May all this remain undefiled. And may I, recognizing all things as illusion, devoid of clinging, be released from bondage. So this illness became this doorway to new insights, right, to a deeper love for the other, but ultimately for releasing him from bondage and the lineage that he incarnated in with, right? Breaking the chains that bind. So we have this a story of, of, of the Apostle Paul and Silas being imprisoned, like very, very similar. Uh, fascinating, right? Apostle Paul actually casts this, this dark spirit out of a fortune teller, and they're like, you're making things crazy, and they throw him in prison, right? Him and Silas. And so they're in there, and they're singing and praying, right? And the scripture says, suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. All at once, the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains became loose. This is the power of God to break open prison doors and to loosen the chains. And, you know, the story goes on. The jailer is going to kill himself, right? And Apostle Paul calls out. He says, don't kill yourself. We're still here because the jailer thought they had left. He's going to get in trouble. The jailer comes in and falls down before the Apostle Paul, and he says, what can I do to be saved? And Paul, Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, faith. So this beautiful scripture from the prophet Isaiah, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. 
These are powerful, powerful words. The Lord, I have called you in righteousness. I've called you by name, right? That's what the scripture says. He says, I will take hold of your hand. I will be with you. I will keep you. And I will make you to be a covenant and a light, a light to, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. That's his promise to us. That's God's promise to us. And so we're going we're gonna to take a break here for a minute, and then we're going to pray. And what I, would, what I would invite you to, not telling you, just inviting you, is to, to go within and to look for a place where you're bound. Look for a place where you feel chained, a place where you feel imprisoned, and to put your attention and intention on that. And as we pray, we're going to invite Holy Spirit in to come and to break those chains and to break you free. And the other thing that I would invite you to, in the spirit of Pakyab Rinpoche, this beautiful master, think about one other person in your sphere that needs their chains broken. So in the way that he prayed for others, right, in the midst of his illness, not just, oh, me, 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 heal me, heal me, he went to the other. Love your neighbor as yourself. Think of one other person in your sphere and bring them into your mind, your mind's eye, into your heart, into your space. And we're going to hold the intention for prayer for them too. I'll start with prayer and then I'm going to ask Renee to follow me and Padre to, to, to follow after that, okay? Divine Father, Divine Mother, all that is, we come seeking release from bondage, bondage of the mind, bondage of the heart, bondage of the spirit. We call upon the ascended masters of all time, the Maitreya Buddha, Jaisam Kampa, the Universal Mother, Kali, come break chains, Shakti, come set us free, Tar, come now. St. Therese, little flower, we ask you for your divine intervention. We know your power, St. Therese. Padre Pio, come now. Stay with us. Padre Ron, we are your children. Come now. We ask for your intervention. St. Gemma, Galgani, Anthony of the Desert, St. Rita, come now. Holy Spirit, the one called Yeshua, come break these chains. Come open our eyes so that we may see the truth so that we may see clearly, so that we may see what it is we came to do, so that others may see and know us by our spirit, by the healing that has taken place, that we may be a witness to the greatness of God. Come release us from the darkness, from sadness, from despair. Come lift us out of darkness. Bring in the light. And like Pakyab Rinpoche, we come asking for our brothers and for our sisters, not just for ourselves. Hear the intentions of our hearts, O oh God. Set them free. We are not free until we are all free. I pray against every spirit of blockage and barriers. Tear down walls of separation. Remove obstacles. Deliver us from fear and from doubt and from depression. From the power of anger, help us to forgiveness. Forgiveness of self forgiveness of others. Break the ancestral chains so that our lineages are cleared, freed. Release us from all that imprisons us. Set us free. Set our spirits free. Set our minds free. Set our hearts free. We thank you, Abba. We thank you, Blessed Mother. We thank you, Divine Feminine. We thank you, Divine Masculine. Thank you, Buddha. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Divine Presence, search our hearts. Show us what are those chains that are binding us right here, right now. Show us what we need to release. Show us where we cannot see or we can't hear your whispers. What is getting in the way? Show us so that we may come to you, that we may receive your blessings, that we may come to you in this moment free, free at last to receive your blessings and your healings. So here and now, search your heart. 
what is it that needs to be released and broken so that we may be set free, so that we may hear you calling us, come to me, so that we may experience that peace that goes beyond all understanding. Come now, Holy Spirit. Come, cloud of witnesses. Minister to those on this call and show them what is it that needs to be released and release it tonight. Let's break the chains tonight. Let's not wait for tomorrow or later tonight, but here and now, let us break free. Let us open the doors wide. Let us step in. For remember, Jesus tells us, I am at the door. I am knocking. Will you answer? I'm here waiting for each of you. I love you so much. Amen. There's such a holy silence that each of us just knows how and when the Holy Spirit touches our lives. And in the prayers of George and also Renee, there's this beautiful spotlight that comes on those areas that are weak, just like George's talk, that once we face our suffering and don't look outside, but actually inside of us, and then also offering prayers for others. And then the scriptures says, pray for one another so that you might be healed. So this is the perfect principle, spiritual principle that we're living with tonight. And so let's pray for that person that George highlighted that we're going to be praying for tonight to set them free. So we'll just turn our attention towards that right now. I just say, come Holy Spirit. Set my friend, set my wife, set my husband, set my children free, set my friend free. Set my coworker free. Set my client free. I just say thank you, God, for this divine encounter right now. Holy, holy, holy. I really sense in the spirit of the chronic pain for those. I just commanded the name of Jesus to be broken off of them. Karma being broken off of them. Heal of cancer. I just decreed, I just heard of a young lady, Gina, who has cancer of the stomach. So I just decreed divine healing and restoring the spirit of cancer, I break its hold over her body, over her mind, over her heart. Joint pain and arthritis in the joints. I just decree, come Holy Spirit, just burn them away, melt them away now. Come divine light, divine love. Also what's being set free is a lawsuit or many lawsuits out there, but one in particular just say, come Holy Spirit. I offer you, I lay that on the altar of sacrifice right now. Do, unto, do whatever you do, just that sweet surrender. So we just allow the Holy Spirit to smile upon us right now. Let that healing balm begin to saturate us, fill us. Father, release your ministering angels now. Just let the glory of God, the consuming fire. Barbara Rose talked about the glory of God in the morning, in our evening prayers tonight. So we're just going to allow and reset and allow that door to open for that manifestation to happen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for those beautiful prayers. Um, so inspired. So I'm going to talk about a couple of miracles, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. And this first one was the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And it's found in all three Gospels. And it happens, it's a story within a story. So Jesus is on his way to a synagogue leader's house whose daughter's dying. And so as I sat with this, I was really, it really, there's so many things that came. So this man, Jairus, when Jesus stops to do all this, he's standing there waiting for Jesus to come and heal his daughter. And in one of the gospels, someone comes and says, she already died. It's over. So uh, he must have been impatient and definitely not like, oh, do, 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 do. You know, it's like, what's going on here? But this woman, she's been bleeding. She had a, a blood condition for 12 years. And from the indications, it's, it's, it's a menstrual issue, right? If you can imagine bleeding 12 years, right? What that would do to your body, what that do to your spirit, what that would do to your emotional state. One of the gospels says she spent all her money. 
on treatments to no avail. According to Jewish law, she was unclean. Because if she did not stop bleeding for seven, seven days, she was unclean, so then everyone she touched would become unclean, which makes you wonder about her even out and about in this crowd. She wouldn't have been able to go into the synagogue. But she has this, this intention that she holds, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And so sure enough, as soon as she touches the hem of his garment, she is healed instantaneously. What doctors couldn't do in 12 years, Jesus does in a moment. And she doesn't make Jesus unclean. Jesus makes her clean. And so Jesus says, who touched me? <laughs> and so it was a scene like this. There was a bunch of people around. And I love, I love Peter. He was a hot mess. And he says, who touched you? <laughs> he says, Jesus, a bunch of people touched you. <laughs> but Jesus said, somebody has touched me. For I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And virtue is another word for mm. power. So power has gone out. He says, somebody touched me with intention because something went out of me. And so here again, we see this exchange with the divine and with us. Her part was she had to go and do this, right? But his part was like, something happened here and power has gone out of me. Mm -hmm. And he says, who, who was this? And the scripture says she was trembling. She was not like, oh, I'm the one healed. She did not want to be seen. And he could have almost, I mean, he could have healed her and just walked on. But he says, I want to know who touched me. And so trembling, she comes forward and he says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. So there's a, a really, this is one of these really important pieces because in her mind, she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. If that were the case, we could cut up his garment into little bags and you know, like they do the prayer cross and send him out. Be healed for twenty nine ninety five with Jesus' garment. But he corrects her and he says, your faith is what made you whole. It wasn't touching my, gar it wasn't touching my garment that made you whole. It was your faith. Her faith was a door through her illness to her miracle. Holding that intention, regardless of the law, he could have just gone on. But he called her forth and said, your faith has made you whole. What is faith? The assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. The assurance of things hoped for. Those big words. <laughs> and the conviction, the confident in something that is true, even though it hasn't been seen. And so uh, this is another story that wanted to be told from the the book of Daniel. And if you went to Sunday school, you probably know this story. If you didn't, you might not know it. But this was King Nebuchadnezzar. And this is another story about faith. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he was the one actually who, as I was researching this, he was the one who made the, uh, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. So this is in Babylon. And he builds this big statue, this golden image. And it, the Bible gives the description, the height and depth and everything. And this guy was too much. He says, he says, you have to bow down to my image. And what he did was, if you see the behind, the, he says, anytime there's a trumpet blare, a, blare, a cymbal crashed, uh, the, the zither, he names all the things. Anytime there's music, everyone bows down. And he says, and if you don't, I'm building this big fiery furnace. And if you don't, I'm throwing you into the furnace. And so there's these three, three Hebrews, three Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Love these names, right? And they say, we worship the one true God, and we're not going to bow down to your God. And so here he is, like, throwing down with them, right? Like, no, 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 you're going to bow down. And one of the things that I found really powerful in the story was they said to him, our God will protect us. And even if he doesn't, we will not bow down and worship your golden idol. We serve the one true God. Really, really powerful. Um, so this really makes him mad. And he says, make that furnace seven times hotter than it was. And he has his guards take him up and he bind him up and throw him into the furnace. And he gets up and he looks and he gets really pissed off. <laughs> he says, he says, there's three. He says, I thought we threw three in there. He says, they're walking around free. Not a hair on their head is singed. Their clothes aren't burned. And I see a fourth in there. And it looks to be the son of God. So again, faith, 
the promise of God to protect us, right, to have our back, to always be there for us. The faith was the doorway that they, they got to go through to their miracle. So God says, I, I know your works, and before, behold, I have set before you an open door that no man can shut. This is God's promise to us, an open door that no man can shut. He says, you, might not, you only have a little bit of strength, but you've kept my word and you've not denied my name. And this is my promise to you. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. By grace, you have been saved through faith. Here's that faith again. This is not from yourselves. This is a gift from God, not by works, nothing you do. This is a gift of, this is the gift promise to us, saved by grace through faith. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is his promise to us. The very first thing I saw when I sat down to look at this, when I got like the invitation was that miracles are like the Milky Way. There's a million of them. And then we have this channel. And as it comes closer to us, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller till it's above our head and it's like the funnel and it's this little tiny thing and blip, a little miracle drops in. But what God wants for us is all that is, all health, all wealth, health in relationships, health of the body, health of the spirit, health of the heart. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His promise, I will cover you and in me you will find your refuge. Jesus is the door to salvation. He says, I am, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place through the blood of Jesus, what we're going to do in communion in just a couple of minutes. This is the last one. So, behold, I stand at the door. It's funny, Renee, you read this so beautiful. You were just like you were channeling in your prayer. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. As I kept thinking about, okay, what is the gift of an open door? It finally settled in. The gift of an open door is us opening our heart to God. The gift is us opening the door to the divine to come in. And it's already been, it was channeled through Renee's prayer, it was channeled through Padre's prayer. It's already up on the table. And as I was sitting with this, I was shown a couple of things. And one of them, I, was, I have this life review, which I really have never had. But I mean, this was sitting in Sunday in my chair, showing me all the things. And they showed me that the heart is like this room with a million, uh, this house with a million rooms. And that as things happen to me along my life, I closed down pieces of my heart. And I closed a door and I would lock it. And another door and lock it. And there's so many rooms that it's easy not to notice that something has been closed off. But this is what happens to us in life as we go along. And so then we say, God, come into my heart. But not that room. No, 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 you don't want to go in there. Uh, That's a mess. And oh, not that room. There's a lot of skeletons in there. Or even worse, not that room because... I haven't been in that room so long, I don't even know what's in there. And we're going to go into prayer once again to finish up. And again, I invite you to tune in, maybe put your hand on your heart, and tune in to the inside there of your heart. We were talking about this as we came onto this call. God wants to come in, but he wants to come in fully. And he wants to clear out the rooms that you've locked and thrown away the key to. So however you see that, if that's taking that old key ring with a bunch of rusty old keys and laying it on the altar and letting it be burned in the refiner's fire so that you are, are ready to open the door, but completely, so that God will come in, clean house, and then set up house in your heart. All that is, we come humbly now seeking healing of all aspects of the heart the physical heart, the emotional heart, the spiritual heart, the clearing expansion of the high heart. We connect to the sacred heart of Jesus, the immaculate heart of Mary, the miraculous. We come offering ourselves, our hearts as the door, as the way for you to come deeper and more fully into our beings. This is the gift we offer completely. 
unto you, the divine, unto God. Please hear our hearts. Great compassionate light, Sri Yama, Sri Bhagavan, beings of light, Dom Ignacio, St. Francis, St. Clair, we open ourselves to healing, to healing of relationships in all forms, father, mother, brother, sister, son, daughter, friend, enemy. I will love my enemy. I will see myself in the reflection even though it's painful. Lover, partner, husband, wife, beloved animal, every creature on this earth bringing true heart healing to all relationships. Clear karma, burn it like the fire in the story we heard. Give us deeper faith, like the woman who touched the hem of your garment. Faith to withstand whatever form of illness we are dealing with, healing of the body, of the mind, of the spirit. Deepen our connection to you. We want to know you. We want that intimate heart connection so strong that nothing can break it, nothing can separate us from you. Let us feel you now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come clear all the locked rooms of our hearts. Set us free. Fill every chamber. Bring light where there was darkness. Hope where we were hopeless. Bring peace to our troubled mind and spirit. Thank you for all that you are. Thank you for all you give to us. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your compassion. Thank you for your amazing grace. Amen. Amen. Father, Mother, God, thank you for anchoring into our hearts tonight that we know, that we know, that we know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Let us just come before you like this woman and just reach out and touch the hem of the garment and know that we are healed and restored, healed to wholeness. It is our faith that has healed us. It is our faith that is setting us free. Thank you, Father, Mother God. Thank you for opening our hearts to the all that is and all that is to come dwell within each of us, our family, our friends, those that will listen to this call later, those that we will share this with, come into our hearts. Abide in our hearts here and now in this moment. No barriers, nothing holding back. We are completely open to receive you here and now in this moment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Really feel we're entering into that open door tonight, that door to our hearts, as George so eloquently invited us into. There's times when we're all sensing, desiring for miracles to happen. And it is about this miracle mindset of trusting the divine, the whispers of heaven. And when George was presenting tonight, the thing about the Dalai Lama shared with the Rupachan was he decreed something to him. And it's like these prayers are decrees. These prayers are the opening. And if you take it by faith and apply that to your life, the miracles will happen. As I'm continually listening, a person on this call for has a hernia. I just command in the name of Jesus that just go back down. Go back into place in the name of Yeshua. Swelling in the joints, swelling around the lungs. I just decree now like a divine vacuum. Just suck it up or just allow it to just disseminate. Just dry up in Yeshua's name. Migraine headaches. For those who have migraine headaches, I just command now the equilibrium, the balance of the body now just become whole and complete. We just say thank you, God, for the release of that pain. And things we can't let go of, and that might be people, pain, change. Everybody knows their heart of what kind of locks us into the past. Well, tonight we're just going to let that go. We're going to place it on the altar of love. 
and say, God, help me with this. I give it to you. And there might be one or two on this call that desires to get pregnant. And that's been a struggle with you, your husband. And it's like, come Holy Spirit, let that divine light right now just create a brand new light being. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for that co-creation tonight. I thank you, God, for the breath. Some of you have had a hard time just breathing. And we just say thank you, God, for that living breath, the Holy Spirit, the Ruha of God just breathe through you. And I see, uh, um, what's the right word? A challenge with relationships. You know, whether you're married, you're not. Maybe it was at workplace. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a child. But I'm just decreeing now God's healing breath to blow through that right now and become the healing, become the instrument, the, the conduit of that healing by zipping our mouths in a sense and allowing just grace to pass through, not interpreting what it is. Just allow that grace to go forth and say, I bless you. So repeat after me. I bless you. I bless you. I surrender bless you. to you. I surrender to you. I honor God's presence in your life. I honor God's presence in your life. You make us whole. You make us whole. Amen. 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 So as we enter into this place called communion, which is our prayer time, which is our, our love for God, it's not so much a, well, it's a divine setup, I would say, and I think the beautiful flow of the last three series that Renee, George, and myself have created, this is a combination of just being in presence. And whether you're that form of communion you're familiar with or unfamiliar with, we just allow the Holy Spirit just to allow us just to receive whatever that elements. And if you don't have elements, that's okay. You can just spiritually receive it in your heart. So if I ask Monk Renee to begin with the breaking of the Thank you, Father, Mother, God. Tonight, we gather in the upper room with you. We gather as one community in union with you. The table of bread and wine is now to be made ready. It is the table of company of Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not been here for a long time. Come now, come into this upper room in preparation for this community service. So at this time, I ask that you take your communion element of your bread. Lord, we take this bread. This represents your life that you gave for us. We remember you, that you are the bread of life. You feed our souls. You nourish our hearts. And you give us everlasting and eternal life. And as we now break our bread together, we feel the softness of your love for us. We smell the fragrance of the grace you release, afresh and new each day. We thank you with all our hearts. We thank you for your faithfulness. So let us now together, let us receive this everlasting bread of life in remembrance of you. Jesus. Amen. We are standing, we are sitting on holy ground, and that ground is a foundation of faith, a foundation of trust in the divine presence. Each of us has value in the kingdom of light. And as we continue to draw near the throne of grace where all miracles happen, and as our mind begins to change, to shift into this beautiful presence of God, we know, we know that we know that we have favor with God and ourselves. When Renee was breaking the bread, it reminded me of 
the breadcrumbs of my life that I followed, that the spirit placed before me for my 40 years of ministry, of the challenges, the graces, the miracles that happened. Each of you joining Celebrating Life, our community, you're a treasure, you're a jewel, you're a breadcrumb. And as we receive that body, that bread, that bread we have to meet, I don't know if that's the right word, squish it together. <laughs> we, all, we all have life itself. And as we join together, then it raises up and it becomes a meal, of, a grace that will unfold for each of us. So now as we take the cup, whatever form that is for each of you, what I want you to do, because it always talked about God is a blessing. And when Jesus presented this to his disciples, he presented to all people. The disciples just were representative of you and I, broken, desiring of the more of the love of God. So in your own way, I want you to bless your element because it comes from the throne of grace. It comes from our heart. So you bless, bless the elements tonight. I just say, come Holy Spirit. Let the living waters, that healing vibration, that oneness of God be all-consuming over this element. And let's all put forth our intention of who we're praying for, that extra person we're praying for besides our own. And also for the world. We're living in a chaotic world but we can have peace that passes all understanding. And it's in this communion tonight that we are one in the spirit. And we just say, thank you, God, for blessing us, healing us, and restoring us. Receive the gift of living waters tonight. Receive this as you receive your healing. Um, bless and then receive. I really sense when we lay our head down tonight uh, on the pillow, on the cloud of witnesses, that these miracles will manifest in your life continually. And it will open new doors for each of you. There's such a sense of awe in my world right now, in my home, in my heart, in our community. And as we reflect on the goodness of God and expect these miracles, I bless each of you to take another step into that power, that presence. And as your Padre, I bless each of your holy encounters in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I really sense our lady's presence here. She's just been ushering in the more and just acknowledge her presence and just say thank you, Our Lady, for leading us on this beautiful trip of mindful miracle mindfulness i just know we planted a great seeds or many seeds of that love renee closing thoughts closing oh, i'm just i'm so glad that we all had this time together there was something that's moving and stirring and the presence it's it's with us it's in our homes i just something is free within each of us and I just, I just am so blessed and so grateful to have shared this time with everyone on this call because we are, we're all going to be together this year, taking huge steps together, not as one person, but as a group, we're stepping forward together on this road, on this path. We are family. Thank we are. Beautifully said. Last thoughts, my brother. I just want to thank every single person who showed up tonight. This, this, yeah. this co-creation is so beautiful. And the level of uh, presence here tonight is mm. just, it was just overwhelming yeah. through the prayers, through the whole thing. I just, I, I just want to thank everybody because this is everybody's intention, holding this coming and holding such a beautiful space that co-creates this. And what a, what a gift, what, what a beautiful gift that we are to each other. So thank you. I agree 100%. And I want to thank Reverend Barbara Rose for her beautiful prayers throughout the series. Mm -hmm. My brother, Brian, who uh, not only technical support, but a friend and a 
prayer partner here, Amen. Mary Kay, for communicating yes. all our details and for our community who spend time in prayer for each of you. So this becomes a success, but also that you become a miracle, a walking miracle in your life. We'll get to see you hopefully next month on our happy heart, happy life. Join us, please. And namaste. Be well with God. Let's celebrate yeah. life together. God bless, God bless you. you. God bless you. God bless you.